Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Well, shake it, Daniel. It is probably, by the time this airs, by the time this airs, we should be through the fantasy football playoffs. I okay. Think, right? Well, how do you think you did? <laughs> Mediocre, based on current trends. All right. Well, and it'll be Christmas will be over. So how is your Christmas? Excellent. I got everything I wanted and more. <laughs> we we record these ahead of time. That's the We do joke. record ahead of time and then we've introduced interviews and we've introduced certain other aspects. Have you did you go back and listen to the Jacob Thompson interview by chance? I thought you would like that interview, Daniel. I was here when he was recording it. Not like on the episode. So you listened. I mean, yes. your door was closed. And what'd you think of it? It was great. I think he's awesome. It got a lot of traction. If you've not listened to that, if you've kind of skipped over it because it's long, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, Jacob Thompson is going to be trying to qualify for the Olympics right around the corner in Orlando in early February. And we'll continue to follow that progression. But what's really cool and what I love the most is how he turned his sort of passion uh, for running into a truly a business and a lifestyle. And so now not only is he a professional athlete trying to achieve the, the greatest height of all of most professional athletes, which is the Olympics, but he's got a business. He's got a very successful business that he's running as well. So it'll be fascinating to see how he can continues to compartmentalize that, especially if he does qualify for the Olympics. And he brought his coffee beans. He brought how were they? How were they? They were amazing. Did Logan did you tell him that? That they were amazing? Okay. That's great. Because I tried them, and I didn't have his contact. Info. I was like, Logan, make sure he knows. That's great. We tried them, and they were, uh, if memory serves me correctly, a Kenyan honey process nice. bean, which was excellent. Oh, that's Sweet, fantastic. delicious. Hit the spot. And hit the spot. Well, let's go through some housekeeping odds and ends. This podcast and all podcasts now sponsored by Jewel Financial, J-O-U-L-E Financial.com. You can visit us on the web. We have a really unique wealth development program. Uh, many of you out there have reached out to us, and we certainly appreciate that. Uh, we ask that you go on the website if you want to learn more about that. There's a section on the website for literally the wealth development program, and you can learn about that and see if that is something that's right for you. Uh, we we try to you know kind of again call if you will those people that are that are reaching out. Uh, it's typically for someone who has a unique situation that may seek some some guidance and is looking uh, potentially for a relationship with an advisor. So other than that, you know, if it's just a hey, how do I? buy a mutual fund or an index fund or something will probably point you to uh, a podcast because that's why we do this is really to provide education for the masses. I will say coming up in January, which I'm super excited about, we're going to rehash the uh, you know back to the basic series that we try to do once a year. Uh, so we're going to rehash that. We'll probably uh, cut new ones because we've got some new voices and bring Allie uh, into the fold and her perspective on that. Uh, and then obviously Logan will be here as well. So we're excited about that. You'll tune in that in January. And a great set of podcasts, really unintimidating to share with friends and folks that you might think, hey, needs to hear some uh, some goodness to get their financial house in order. Because I will tell you, uh, the trends that we're seeing, while all accounts, you know, jobs are good and people seem to be working, holy cow, are people spending money that they don't have. 
<laughs> wow. So that's going to come home to roost at some point. We'll have to see how that uh, unfolds. Other than that, check us out on uh, uh, social, uh, DIY Money Podcast, uh, on all of the channels, and, and we're up there. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter at, at Quint Tatro. All right, we've got, a, we've got an interesting question that's kind of a, a variant on one of the basics, and, and I think it'll be good to not only hit the specific question, but interweave some of the back-to-the-basics themes as well. So, Marquise, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hey guys, my name is Marquise. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I've been a long-time listener of the show. So I have a pretty unique question in the sense that it, one that I haven't heard yet on the podcast. Uh, so I work construction, and as you may or may not know, construction has a lot of boom or busts, whereas, you know, I mean, there's times where work's good, and there's also times where people have been laid off for a year and some change. So my question is, how do I budget for this? Like, I, I have a six months emergency savings, thankfully. I'm grateful to have that. But I'm kind of risk averse in the sense that I want to get a mortgage one day, but I'm just not sure how I budget for that when I don't really know how long I'm going to be on the job that I'm on. I mean, you pretty much work yourself out of a job in the, in the trades. So I'm just curious to see what your opinion on this situation is. Thank you guys in advance for your time. And I love what you guys do here. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to hear from you. Thank you. So I'm going to approach this um, in, a, in a unique way, and, and I'll let Daniel talk to some more of the particulars of, of kind of basic strategies. But not too long ago, Marquise, I was in an Uber with someone uh, who was in an area. The city, gosh, escapes me right now. It was somewhere out west, and they I think it was Vegas, and the situation was that because of the F1 series that was coming to Vegas, uh, his job, which was a normal construction job working on another project, was off for like six weeks or eight weeks. And so he was you know, on a job. He was fully employed. He was an hourly worker. Uh, it made a you know, decent hourly rate, but he was off for two months. And he had similar challenge and they didn't give him apparently in the dialogue they didn't give him a lot of warning so it wasn't enough time for him to budget appropriately etc so out of necessity he started driving an uber and the next thing you know he was like oh this is fantastic i'm able to work around my kids schedule i'm able to work around my wife's schedule i'm able to make not as much as i was making but a decent amount and I will now do this every time we get laid off. Now, that's one solution. So again, I'm, I'm looking at the uniqueness of it. Never before have we lived in an environment where the gig economy is as strong as it is today to fill in the gaps where you might not have steady employment. And as long as the general economy is moving in an upward trajectory, which even if we go through recessionary times, I think it will be, whether it's Uber, DoorDash, or one of the other opportunities that are out there, I personally would consider something like that. Now, again, you might say, oh, you might be rolling your eyes right now at me and going, Quint, no, I'm not going to drive an Uber. I'm not going to deliver food. I'm not going to do that. Well, I might question, you know, kind of, Humility in that respect, then, because, you know, if your job is to provide for either the responsibilities you have or the or the those that you are responsible for, 
you know, it's your job to do whatever it takes. And and I think personally speaking, one angle I would take is when you know or when it comes and it might come out of the blue, what is it that you could be prepared to do to supplement that income? That is something I would be looking at and brainstorming with and looking at an opportunity. And it might even be, again, maybe it's not something that's out there in the gig economy, but it could be a side hustle or something that you're passionate about that you already are interested in. And you say, you know, if I had more time, I would do this. I would do this to make money. I would, you know, I'm a trainer. I'd be a trainer in a, in a gym or I, you know, et cetera. And, and c- continue to explore that. I think that's a unique opportunity. Now, again, it's out of the box, really not what you're looking for, but that's why we're going to go to Daniel and see what he has to say. Daniel, what say you? Would you be a good sport and indulge us and just Tell us a little more. Yeah, but I think that's a powerful attribute in kind of today's times, the ability to have a side hustle or gig economy and to sort of ramp it up, ramp it down as you need to. So uh, that's a huge, that's kind of another leg of income you can add to your repertoire, uh, if you will. I and, used I used DoorDash for the first time yesterday. Really? I've never used it before. Ever. And I might, it's going to be unhealthy for me. Yeah. I it's, mean, I... Like juice is the price too. It's not just a little every fee, but like it's a whole different... <clears throat> I wouldn't be able to tell. I mean, I I know that the delivery, the tip and the delivery, Mm -hmm. but uh, uh, I mean, I couldn't leave, or at least I didn't think I could leave this um, all day long training session I was in. And I had a kid at home. I was doing it from the home Mm -hmm. and, and my, one of my sons was sick at home. And so it was like, he's like, dad, what's for, he's calling from his bedroom. Dad, what's for lunch? I'm in this like conference. I'm like, what do you want? And he's like, I don't know. Like, what can you make? And I'm like, I can't make anything. And so I get on my phone, I download the app. I mean, I know people are rolling their eyes or laughing like Quint, we do this all the time. Mm -hmm. And within 25 minutes from a Chinese restaurant, which I don't think really even exists. I think it's a ghost Ghost kitchen. kitchen, Showed up at the door. I was eating in 25 minutes. It's amazing. It was a little higher price. <laughs> it's, it's but delivery I was fee, like, wow, software what a fee, all that. Fee. Yeah, Anyways, sorry. And and I tipped. I think I tipped like eight or nine dollars on on the two meals I got, which mm-hmm. was percentage wise was massive. But my brain, I was like, well, that person just drove ten minutes. So $9 for 10 minutes is pretty good. I'm not, again, you can't extrapolate. You can't just times that by six to get an hourly rate. But I was like, that's not bad as a side gig. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Yeah. Sorry, I totally interjected. But but it was front of mind. Yeah, so definitely that would be a good step to take. Uh, And the fact that you can ramp that up, ramp that down with the seasonality of your normal job is really nice. So kind of getting in that ecosystem. However, what I would say is if you're looking just strategically and simply for how to take your normal job income and extrapolate that out for highs and low season. Uh, one of the things I would do is when you are working, understand that you know maybe living off of a lesser percentage of that than most people with sort of a full-time steady state sort of job would. So uh, maybe considering that only 80 or 75% of your income is, is really kind of your working income and putting the rest into a savings account or kind of a shorter term investment vehicle, or eventually once you build up sort of that six to 12 month mark in relatively safe uh, savings vehicles, even adding that to a taxable investment account. That would be something that's not earmarked for retirement. So that would not be a 401k, a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA, a simple IRA, you know, anything that's has retirement in the name of it. Rather, it's just an individual taxable account or a joint 
uh, taxable account with your spouse, you can invest in that. Now, you do want to make sure that you have that 6 to 12 months available in cash because if you go through sort of a uh, trough in your working hours at the same time, the economy and sometimes the stock market will line up at the same time, uh, kind of a down period, then you're selling investments to live off of. So it helps to kind of have some in cash that you can cash flow from, plus some that you can sort of build up in that approachable investments. I actually like, uh, really like taxable investing accounts. I think they're understated. In the personal finance world, we hear about maxing out 401ks. We hear about maxing out Roths. hear about all of that. And I think we underestimate, especially for sort of the average working folks in the middle to lower tax brackets, the power of taxable investments. One, they're available for certain of these ebbs and flows in lives. Two, uh, they're available for if life just totally changes directions and you want to start a business or you need to fund kids' college or you need to do various things. They're a really good, useful vehicle for just general life planning. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Consider that. But doing that is going to require you to sort of cater your life around the fact that when you are getting paid, you're not living to the maximum. So there's really no way strategically that you're going to be able to do this if when you're getting paid, it requires you to live on 100% of what you're getting paid to live the lifestyle that you need slash want to live. If you can't scale that back and say for the, so the downtimes, uh, you really then need to sort of reassess things. And it doesn't sound like you're doing that. You have a six-month emergency fund. So clearly you've done the hard work to save. But if other folks are in this kind of position, they're going to have to take a hard look at their budget and go, hey, if I know that there's going to be seasons of famine along with seasons of feast, then I got to store some during those seasons of feast. The other thing I would say is, Marquise, I want you to evaluate, look back maybe over the last three or four years and add up the total comp you know, less the the uh, times you've been off. And I want you to get a real feel of financially how you're doing with this job. So a lot of times, you know, I know that this was common back when the boom of the oil um, craze was happening um, several years ago and the Permian Basin was taking off and they were paying like, I mean, $75 an hour. I mean, just unbelievable amounts for, to get workers out there in West Texas to do drilling and whatever. And and the problem was, you know, that didn't last long, and, and we didn't know how long it was going to last. Anyways, when you, when you annualized it, it wasn't great. It, it wasn't, and it ended up not being a great compensation. And I really want you to look back. You might be focused on the short term going, well, they're paying me X number of dollars when I work. But it might not be there, and so annualize it. And again, some years are better than another, but pardon me, over a five-year mark or so, you might be able to have a, a, a consistent trend, and you could say, okay, I thought I was making this every year, but I'm really only making this. And then you have to have a tough kind of conversation with yourself, is that worth it? And if not, I mean, you don't make a knee-jerk reaction, but maybe you decide, okay, I'm going to go into a different profession that's a little more consistent, a little more steady, uh, and I don't have to worry about these downtimes. You got something special. Your talent, you could be a champion. I mean that. Uh, that's just another thing I would I would consider. But I, I appreciate the question. Hopefully you found some uh, value in our answers. I think we hit it from a variety of different angles. So, again, we really appreciate that. All Marquise did was sent us an audio file at podcast at DIYMoney.org. That's podcast at DIYMoney.org. 
We need those questions coming. Always this time of year, our question queue sort of dries up. People get sidetracked with a lot of things. But what a great way to get a $25 Amazon gift card if, in fact, we use your question on the show. So just go to your app on your phone, voice memo, or whatever phone you use. will have some sort of voice recording app. Record your question. Try to keep it a minute or less. And then send it to us at podcast at DIYmoney.org. All right, friends, remember the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.